You're listening to This Week in Sports. Here's your host, The Pody. Good afternoon and welcome. You're listening to This Week in Sports. I believe this is episode 138. I'm your host, as always, The Pody. I want to welcome you, listeners, all of you This Week in Sports fans. I apologize. It's been a minute since my last episode, but for good reason, I was not able to come on the show. I, as you know, or maybe you don't know, um, I helped my dad coach college softball, junior college softball, and we were in the uh, region playoffs. So our season is now over. Unfortunately, uh, we we got bounced out of the playoffs. We went uh, double elimination. We went um, one and two in the tournament and got knocked out by the eventual winner, who we were actually the only team to beat in a 2 nothing victory on day one. But uh, they ultimately came back and won the tournament. Um, so our season is over. We had a lot of um, players out due to various different reasons, so uh, made it tough on ourselves. We liked our chances going in, but again, without some of our key players, we were not able to uh, make a run, and uh, the season is over. But we're, we're proud of what we did in, in the first season, um, and we expect big things now moving forward. We've set a precedent, and we expect to be back in the playoffs year after year. Um, so... Without further ado, let's jump in. Uh, I'm doing this episode on a Tuesday. So today is Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. And the reason I'm doing the episode today is because Friday is my birthday. So shout out, happy birthday to me, right? The significance of today as well is that the play-in games in the NBA playoffs begin tonight. Um, I don't. I guess it's not technically the the playoffs, but it's a play in tournament. It's essentially double elimination as well, in the fa- in the sense that um, basically the seven and eight seeds play each other. The winner becomes the seven seed. Very simple. The loser is not out. They move on to another game against the winner of the eight nine matchup, and then the winner of uh, of that game, so loser of 7-8 versus winner of 8-9, the winner of that game then becomes the 8 seed. So the the benefit of being the 7-8 seed is if you lose, you're not out. You have one more chance. The loser of the 8-9 matchup is automatically out, okay? Automatically out of the um, playoffs. So let me uh, get my my transitions lined up and uh so without further ado let's let's basically let's get into this whole thing okay over the weekend Steph Curry secured the bag all right he earned the second scoring title of his career on Sunday night scoring are we really surprised at this point what an amazing season he's had 46 points in a win over the Grizzlies he finishes the season averaging 32 points per game at 33 years young 
Steph is the oldest winner since MJ finished as the league's top scorer at the age of 35 during way back during the 97-98 season. I was like six years old then. Um, so very impressive. And unfortunately for Bradley Beal, this is the second straight year he has finished as the runner-up he uh, Steph, I think, needed just six points in this game to to uh, secure that title. So Bradley Beal uh, comes in second last year to James Harden, and now he uh, is second in scoring this season behind Steph Curry. So uh, yeah, shout out to Steph. A lot of people thought he would see a we would see a drop off in, in his play without Clay Thompson and, and and just the lack of playmakers surrounding him. But no, he was as as advertised, and that's why he is the greatest shooter of all time. And midway through next season, probably, Steph Curry will be number one all-time three-pointers made, okay? So look out for that middle of uh, 2022, if you will. All right, now let's break down these playoffs. Um, Because like I said, the play-in starts tonight in about two hours you have the tip-off um, in the East. You have the two play-in games in the Eastern Conference. So I'm going to break that down and let you guys digest this because it's a lot. If you weren't paying attention over the weekend, that the seeding, everything got solidified, okay? So you have the Lakers and Warriors. They are going to meet in the play-in in the 7-8 matchup. So a guy I just spoke about in Steph Curry taking on LeBron James and... What's interesting about this is nobody wanted the Lakers in as the sixth seed. Of course, they're the reigning champs, okay? But it, it's proving that last season might have been a fluke or a little bit easier because both the Lakers and the Miami Heat are both in precarious positions and both looking like they could get bounced very early. Um, the Nuggets and, uh, rested all their players because Portland and the Lakers ha- were tied record-wise and... The uh, Blazers had a tiebreaker, so the Blazers needed to beat the Nuggets to secure the sixth seed and drop the Lakers to the seventh seed. So I think everybody was um, basically working hand-in-hand with each other to make that happen because they wanted the Lakers to have to get that 7-8 matchup and and drop into the play-in. And then, of course, we know a couple weeks ago, LeBron was bashing whoever came up with this play-in tournament should be fired, and really it was him that came up with it. So, hey, you reap what you sow. Now it's time to uh, put up or shut up, LeBron. Win or go home. You got two chances to do it. I think they will be okay. I know they're a bit banged up injury-wise. Anthony Davis came back, then he got hurt again, and LeBron's had that ankle issue. I do think they will win one of these two games to get either the 7 or 8 seed, and then from there, who knows what will happen. So that's the 7-8. That will take place tomorrow. The Grizzlies and Spurs finished 9th and 10th, respectively. They will play, obviously, in the other play-in game tomorrow night. Um, the Blazers, like I just said, they clinched the sixth seed over, you know, they had the tiebreaker that, uh, with the Lakers via their 132 to 116 win over the Nuggets on Sunday. And like I said, that pushed push the Lakers out of the top six and into the play in as the seventh seed. 
The Utah Jazz finished with the number one seed in the West with their 121-99 to win over the Kings. So a team that started on fire this year. They couldn't lose at home. They sort of had a skid the last couple of weeks, but they turned it back on and they were uh, fortunately able to secure that number one seed and full home court advantage throughout the playoffs because right hot on their tails was the... Um, Phoenix Suns um, and obviously the Utah Jazz also finished with the best record in the NBA 52 and 20 the Suns finished one game back 51 and 21 um, they get the two seed the Nuggets surprisingly with the three seed um, they lost Jamal Murray that's a huge huge hit to their offense um, of course they brought in um, Austin Rivers not too bad um, but they're going to have a tall order on their hands. Of course, they were in the Western Conference Finals last year, came back against the Clippers down 3-1, um, and then the Clippers, they get the four seed. They will play host to the five-seeded Dallas Mavericks. And, oh, I forgot to mention Denver. They will play Portland as Portland got the six seed. That's kind of self-explanatory there. So, obviously, the winner of the 7-8 Lakers-Warriors, they get the 7 seed, thereby playing the Suns in the opening round. The loser will play the Grizzly-Spurs winner on Friday with the winner of that game claiming the number 8 seed and earning a series against Utah. So, um, it's essentially double elimination for the 7-8 uh, loser there. Okay, um... Here's how that will shake up. You have 7.30 p.m. tomorrow. You have Memphis versus San Antonio. So Memphis, the 9 seed. San Antonio, the 10 seed. And that's on ESPN. Then at 10 p.m., you have the Lakers as the 7 seed. They will play host to the 8-seeded Golden State Warriors. And then Friday, May 21st, my birthday, the Lakers or Warriors, whoever loses that game, will play host to the winner of the Memphis-San Antonio game. So, pretty simple, self-explanatory. Um, who do I like to win these games? Well, I'm not really necessarily going to bet against the reigning champs, but they're limping into the playoffs. They, are, they did not finish on a high note, and I would be um, hard-pressed to pick them to win. But I think the hardest of these four games is, is this Lakers and Warriors game to pick? I'm really not too sure. I think it's a coin flip. Um, if everybody were healthy, I would say Lakers. But right now, the way Steph is, is playing, I think he's the X factor. So um, honestly, I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb here, and I'm going to take the Warriors to win the 7-8 matchup there. And then I think the Memphis Grizzlies versus the San Antonio Spurs. I actually do like the Grizzlies in that game. Uh, John Morant, uh, I just, I love, uh, I love what they've done there. And um, the Spurs, they're just, uh, 
Popovich has got to go. I can't stand him. All, all his political leanings and just coach basketball. And he's got that hippie, like Grateful Dead vibe, you know, with the long hair and everything throughout the pandemic. And he just looks like a grumpy grouch. And, and he looks like he's miserable when he's out there coaching. But again, I would not be surprised if if the Spurs at all win this game. Um, but again, don't forget the, the loser of that 8-9 is, is out. That's it. So I'm taking the, the Warriors and the Grizzlies. And then... Um, I would say the Lakers beat the Grizzlies and get in as the eight seed if it were to. So my two picks are going to be the, yeah, I'm taking the Lakers and Warriors out of those four teams. Okay, let's talk about the, and if you want, let me actually, before we get into the East, let me, let me play this right. Let me get you guys the actual odds on these games. So you have the Spurs right now are four point underdogs against the Grizzlies. So, Take that for what you will. That's actually a decent spread. That has me wondering if I should take Spurs plus four there. And then you have the Warriors at plus five against the Lakers. I think this is this is a silly trap here. Um, I would definitely take Warriors plus five. Call me crazy if you will. They're plus six, uh, plus one sixty on the money line. So that's not bad juice at all to jump on there at plus 160. I'm sure these lines will change because these games are tomorrow. Um, we'll get to the games now for tonight and, and, and go over the Eastern Conference Finals. So, the Wizards and Celtics, they will battle it out in the 7-8 matchup, and you will have the Pacers and Hornets in the 9-10 matchup to keep their playoff hopes alive. So let me explain this just a little bit. Um, give me one second here. I got to find something. Hold on. I must have deleted the email, but I wanted to go. Okay, I'll worry about that later. Um, all right, so here's how the East shook up. The Wizards beat the Hornets 115-110 to on Sunday, securing their eighth-place finish and dropping the Hornets to the 10th seed. Look, we all know how the Wizards started out their season. I was completely shocked betting on them a few times here and there. Couldn't believe that they kept getting blown out by, by double digits. And I was like, how? You have Bradley Beal and you have Russell Westbrook and you can't find ways to win? Well, somehow down the stretch, they've turned it around. Westbrook playing out of his mind, averaging a triple-double, just going berserk. And like I said, Bradley Beal second in the league in scoring. So they're a scary team. I would not want to play them. The Celtics on Sunday, they lost to the Knicks 96-92. to That actually secured the Knicks as the number four seed, which just incredible job that Tom Thibodeau has done. Um, just ridiculous. And a lot of people are disappointed as reports are coming out today that Monty Williams of the Phoenix Suns is going to be voted as coach of the year because many think that Thibs should get that nod. Um, and personally, uh, I'm not a Knicks fan and I don't care for the Knicks, so I don't really care, but I can't, for the love of God, I can't deny what this man has done with this team, with a bunch of misfits, nobodies. Um, the, the the manual quickly pick was just st- Stellar. Uh, I mean, what a steal in the, in the middle of the first round there um, to bring in Bullock, who, who's been a, a very, very solid three-point shooter, giving them, you know, anywhere from like 9 to 14, 15 points a game, 2 to 3, or 2 to 4 threes per game as well. Um, 
you know, Nerlens Noel has got half the team's playoff experience. That's the only issue I see there. But to secure the four seed when they were projected like 22 wins, uh, just just a phenomenal job. And I have to give them a shout out and give Thibs a shout out as well. Um, okay, the Pacers, they won 125 to 113 over the Raptors, cementing their place at the nine seed. And uh, the play-in schedule looks like this. Obviously, tonight at 6.30, you have the 9-seeded Pacers taking on the 10-seeded Hornets. And then at 9 p.m., you have the 7-seeded Celtics taking on the uh, 8-seeded Wizards. Um, Here's what I will say about these two games. Big news, big news, big news in this first game at 6.30. We have the um, uh, Pacers and Hornets, okay? There's a problem. Karis LeVert has been ruled out. Okay, Karis LeVert has been ruled out for this game. It's pretty big news. It's due to health and safety protocols. He will miss the next 10 to 14 days, which is, I mean, obviously that's just huge because if they were to win this game, they then have to play against the loser of the Celtics and, and Wizards game. So he will not be available for either of those games. And it's tough because... The Pacers, uh, I don't see how they could win this game. Somehow they're still like one and a half to two point favorites as of right this moment, which is just incredibly insulting if you're the Hornets um, because I I just, is this a trap? Do they know something I don't? But the 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 Pacers, they're they're done. Their season's over. I mean, how many injuries can they sustain, right? I mean, they're they already know they they they're without Miles Turner, okay, with the foot stuff. Um, he won't be back. They lost T.J. Warren, who was just a breakout star, scoring fifty points in the bubble last season. He played what four games this year. Uh, Jeremy Lamb won't play. Edmund Sumner is doubtful. Um, I heard that Demonte Sabonis is questionable for this game. Uh, they've just been ravaged, ravaged, ravaged by injuries. Um, Nate Bjorken has done an incredible job. Um, He did say Malcolm Brogdon may return for this game. Um, But there's also reports that Bjorken has rubbed a lot of his players the wrong way. So sort of an old school type of mentality and these new school kids maybe don't really like it. But um, something to look 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 towards uh if the Pacers when the Pacers season does end do they retain him my guess is they do not so um yeah that's going to be a tough ask for the Pacers so I am taking the Hornets without Karis LeVert um I just think they're dead in the water in this game I think LaMelo Ball will feast um and and I just I think overall that the Hornets have better experience and, and and um yeah I like the Hornets without without Karis LeVert. Of course, that game at 6.30 tonight in just about two, just under two hours. Okay, in the 7-8 game at 9 p.m. between the Celtics and Wizards, I already said I do not want to play the Wizards um, if I am the Nets, I, I just because they'll wear them out a little bit. They'll, it'll be a high-scoring high series every day, every game, and I just don't want to deal with that. So, um... I'm rooting for uh, the Celtics, but I think they're in trouble because much like the Lakers 
The Celtics are limping their way into the playoffs. Jalen Brown already ruled out for the for the remainder of the season, so they will be at, without Jalen Brown should they move on. Of course, their second-best player behind Jason Tatum. Will Jason Tatum be enough? My guess is not. I think Westbrook and Bradley Beal are enough to get it done. Of course, like I said, if they win, they take on the Nets, and the headlines there write themselves. Of course, Scott Brooks used to coach Westbrook, Harden, and Durant in OKC. Now he coaches Westbrook, and he will play against Harden and KD, and Harden and KD will play against their old uh, teammate in Westbrook. So that's a cool uh, that's a cool matchup there. But like I said, I'd rather not have that in the first round because it'll just make the Nets work that much harder. Um, so yeah, I'm actually going with uh, the Wizards in this one. And let me see exactly what the spread is for this game. So Wizards plus two. Uh, they're plus 107 on the money line. And, uh, yeah, the Pacers, as of right now, are one-and-a-half-point favorites. So these ones much tighter than the games tomorrow. But like I said, that's bound to change after tonight because people aren't betting tomorrow's games as heavily as they are betting these games right now. Um, The over for the Charlotte Pacers, uh, for the Hornets and Pacers game is 226-and-a-half. In the Wizards-Celtics game, it's 232-and-a-half because the Wizards, they push the pace. They score a lot of points. Um, as do the Pacers. I know the Pacers are like top six in scoring. The Wizards are up there as well. Um, they shoot quickly in into the shot clock, but again, no Karis LeVert. How much are they really going to score? I would lean a little bit closer to that under, especially we're at playoff time now. You, you play a little bit tougher defense than you do in the regular season. So those are my picks there. Um, and that'll do it for, for the playoffs, of course. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how this thing shapes up, but I'm sticking to my guns. Obviously, I picked the Nets at the beginning of the season to win a championship. That was before they they um, they traded for James Harden, and uh, let's see if I go two for two. I picked the Tampa Bay Bucks to win a Super Bowl, and I've now picked the um, Brooklyn Nets, my Brooklyn Nets, to, to win a championship. So let's see how, how that pans out. Okay, in other news, Kyrie Irving joined the 50-40-90 club, if you know what that is. He becomes the ninth player in NBA history to reach that milestone. So the 50-40-90 club is 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from the free throw line. Kyrie entered Sunday against the Cavs, shooting 50.4% from the field, 39.7% from three, and 90.2% from uh from the free throw line, excuse me. He had made 149 threes on 375 attempts this season, and he went three for three from beyond the arc on Sunday in the 123-109 to win against the Cavs. He finished the game with 17 points on 7 of 11 shooting and thus joins the 50-40-90 club. Like I said, only nine players in NBA history have been a part of that elite club. Here are three of them. Kevin Durant. He became the sixth player to do so after the 2012-13 season. And head coach Steve Nash, 
who did it four such times as a player in 05-06 season and from 2007 to 2010. So three of the nine are a part of the Brooklyn Nets in some capacity. Just incredible. That's another just caveat as to why I believe Brooklyn has the firepower uh, to win it all, and I think they will they will get it done. Um, the Nets, like I said, they secured the number two seed in the East. With the win, they will face either Boston or Washington. Um, you had the Sixers finishing at the one. You had the Bucks finishing three. The Knicks finished four. They will play host to the Hawks. Um, you had, obviously, the Hawks fourth. And you had in the five spot, you had, well, six seed is is the Miami, um, is Miami. And then you have Toronto. They got, oh, excuse me, what am I saying? Toronto. Um, you have, uh, give me a second here. You have Philadelphia, the one seed. The Nets are the two seed. The Bucks are the three seed. The Knicks are the four seed, Atlanta's the five seed, and Miami is the six seed. And then we're waiting on seven and eight. Sorry for the confusion there. I think I was confusing myself more than anything. So yeah, uh, should be some good series. Uh, my friend, I have friends that are Heat fans and Nugget fans. Good luck. Nuggets got a tough matchup against the Blazers. And the Heat, uh, they're going to be without. It was announced no Oladipo for the rest of the season. So what a bad trade that was. Uh, they're probably going to get swept or lose in five to the Bucks. Um, so it should be fun, but I'm looking forward to these play-in games tonight. Uh, I'm very intrigued by these matchups and this little tournament style. Okay, let's quickly talk some FCS football. Sam Houston, they secured their first FCS championship win Top-seeded South Dakota State, that's who they took on in the championship game. They got ahead early with a one-yard touchdown run before lightning in the area caused a 74-minute weather delay. Just what you want in a championship game. But it was Sam Houston wide receiver Jaquez Ezard who uh, answered with two second-quarter touchdowns of his own. Sam Houston then found themselves down four with just under six to go, about five minutes, 41 seconds left to play after South Dakota running back Isaiah Davis ran for an 85-yard fourth-quarter touchdown. He had himself a game, I think, almost 200 yards rushing in this one. Uh, but Sam Houston then goes on a 16-play, 65-yard drive that ended with a 10-yard touchdown pass from quarterback Eric Schmid to... Wide receiver Ife Adai um, with 16 seconds left to secure the 23-21 to 21 win. I'm not sure if I pronounced that guy's name right. Uh, I apologize if I didn't, but let me see if I could pull up that final play. Um, yeah, I, I have it right here. Uh, there were 16 seconds left. I think I said that, but it's their first FCS championship in program history. Take a listen. Third and goal with 21 seconds left. Play clock down to five. Schmidt back to throw. Fires over the middle. And it is caught. It's a touchdown. A day calls it in. Or answered the play before, but it was right over the middle of the field. And hey, that's drilling one right there. Stepping into a throw. That's all you got. And he's accurate with it. Excellent throw and a nice catch on the back end to give Sam Houston a lead here with not much time left. Yeah, so there it is. Um, receiver goes over the middle, 
knows he's probably going to get blown up, and he falls down, avoids the contact, and Sam Houston wins it. So that was pretty cool. They were down 21-17. They get to 23-21 win. They uh, And what's crazy is Sam Houston, uh, the two seed, I believe, they went undefeated, I want to say, 10-0 uh, and on the season, but they're lucky to even have made it to the championship game because they had to rally from a 21-point deficit, scoring 28 points in just over five minutes to beat James Madison 38-35 to last Saturday in the FCS semifinals, while South Dakota State ended up routing Delaware 33-3 to earlier that day to advance the title game. Um, a little bit about Sam Houston's head coach, Casey Keeler. Um, with this win, he became the only coach to win an FCS championship at two different schools. He previously won a title in 2003 at Delaware. He actually played, um, grew up in Pennsylvania, was a good linebacker. He actually played at Delaware. And weird fact, I looked him up on Wikipedia today. He once intercepted three straight passes. Uh, so three interceptions on three consecutive plays. Like, that's just absolutely insane. So played at Delaware, coached at Delaware. He actually coached at Rowan, which is here in New Jersey, um, for a number of years. But a lot of very successful. He was given a big-time contract at Delaware uh, for, like, 10 years. And then, like, halfway through that in, like, 2014 or somewhere about there, he uh, was fired after, like, a 5-6 and six season. Um, and then Sam Houston scooped him up. Uh, maybe in like right after that, 2015, 2016, and he's been there ever since. And uh, yeah, pretty impressive uh, resume, if you ask me. Um, I just got a text message, hold on, from my buddy. Okay, here's the injury report for the Indiana Pacers. They just tweeted this out. Thanks to uh, Priyank for sending me this. Okay, Malcolm Brogdon, like I said, we're not sure if he's going to play. He is questionable with the right hamstring. Aaron Holiday is questionable with a right toe. Jeremy Lamb is out. Karis LeVert is out. DeMonte Sabonis, DeMontis Sabonis, we're unsure about him. Left quad, he's questionable. Uh, Sumner is questionable. Like I, I spoke about Sumner earlier. I think I... I I think we said we're not sure about him. Um, and then Miles Turner's out with that toe issue or foot issue. And then TJ Warren is also out. Um, so, yeah, it, I mean, looking at that injury report, it does not bode well for for um, Charlotte. I mean, for Indiana, it bodes very well for Charlotte, if you ask me. They got to smell blood in the water. They got to come out, and they should pounce on, on the Pacers. Um, I don't think this thing should even really be close uh, maybe it is, and they pull away late, but hey, a win is a win. I, I think um, I might have to hammer home the Charlotte Hornets tonight, as should everybody else pretty much. Um, okay, some other things I wanted to go over. Uh, the greatest play of... Sorry about that. Uh, the greatest play of the year in the NBA had to was easily this Nets play that I'm going to show you right here. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. Um it's not going to do it justice just to hear it. Please go watch it. You had Blake Griffin starting it with a 360 pass behind the back. Um, and then it just, it, it's like something out of the Harlem Globetrotters. Just ridiculous. Take a listen to this. Dotson loses it. Walking the tightrope. Oh, Blake Griffin. Razzle dazzle. Oh, next level. Kevin Durant. The rack attack. And one of the highlights of the year. 
it was one of the highlights of the year. And I'm not the only I'm not the only one saying that. It's not just because I'm a Nets fan. A lot of people have been saying that. ESPN Sports Center has been posting this. I got this clip from Sports Center's Twitter handle, and it says "Play of the Year for the Nets" and mind blown. Uh, uh, emoji. So yeah, that was an incredible, incredible play. And then I just want to talk real quick. Um, you had the Preakness uh, this weekend. Okay. And surprisingly, we had the 11 to one underdog come out victorious with the late push down the last quarter mile. Take a listen. So Ron Bauer uh, came up from the outside and ends up with the victory, the 11 to one underdog um, Medina spirit, who of course won the Kentucky Derby with a little bit of controversy there with Bob Baffert, apparently gave this horse a steroid that tested positive for um, yada, yada, yada. But I forget, uh, was it Midnight Bourbon that came in second. I don't real. I don't remember. Um, but Medina Spirit ended up coming in third. My sister in law hit the trifecta for like a hundred bucks. That was a cool. That was cool there because I texted my brother because I knew the race was starting and I said, "What did you bet on?" And he said, "I already won." And I'm like, "What do you mean you already won? Like the race didn't start. I didn't think it started." And he then tells me that he bet every single, um, every single uh, ninety combinations of the. Um, I always forget the damn name. Uh, first and second um, to to come in for the horses to come in first and second. Um, it's not the trifecta. It's the uh, shoot. Um, let me think real quick. The um, shoot. Hold on. Not the superfecta. That's for four, I think. The exacta. That's it. The exacta. So first and second, uh, the exacta. He bet all ninety combinations, so he could have won two dollars, or he could have won uh, like two hundred or, or something like that. But um, so they made out pretty well. That was cool. Um, but I didn't bet it personally myself. But that was a big event over the weekend, and then we had another big one. Um, actually. Another thing going on is the um, the Women's National Championship uh, for lacrosse, uh, men's and women's lacrosse championships. And both Rutgers men's and women's teams are in uh, the tournament and both actually advanced past the first round, uh, which is really cool. So Rutgers men will now take on North Carolina. Um, I think that that is on either tomorrow or Thursday, and I forget when the women play and who they're playing, but um, I think that's really cool because they're getting down to, like, the wire. I think they're down to the final eight in the men's. Um, so that's cool that they're both in it uh, together. And then you had the soccer championships for men's and women, and let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, oh, my, oh, my, Marshall is your 
national champs for men's soccer. Okay, so Marshall, a little bit of backdrop on them. They're the Thundering Herd, obviously. That's a cool nickname, but they were unranked. Okay, unranked headed into this tournament. They knock off number three seeded Indiana after, I want to say they knocked off um, some of the other top dogs. North Carolina, they're always really good. Um yeah, just an incredible run by Marshall, their first national championship in soccer. And then on the women's side, the 11 seeded Santa Clara women ended up taking home the championship. They beat um they beat number 1 FSU on penalty kicks of all things. Take a listen to this one. Daquilla and Santa Clara, you are national champions! Let me just play at the top of that again real quick because you might have just missed the beginning of it. it. It didn't build up very good. Hold on. Daquilla! Yeah, just incredible. Um, Two teams that nobody thought would ever win these championships respectively. For Santa Clara, it's actually their second uh, national championship. Go figure there. I think they won one early 2000s or sometime in the 90s maybe. Um, Just incredible. Uh, 1-0 victory over North Carolina. I think for Marshall, they said their last three games, I don't believe they let up a single goal. Just, I mean, incredible, incredible soccer. Um, Who says the U.S. isn't good at soccer, right? Uh, We can compete with the national powerhouses. Okay, and then finally, as I do with every episode, even though it's not a Friday um, and it is a Tuesday, we have on this date in sports, and we take it all the way back to... Um, shit, when was this? Um, hold on. It was Randy Johnson's perfect game. I want to say in, what was that, 2004? Um, hold on. Hold on. Let's see. Yeah, okay, May 18th, 2004, so I was correct. Just wanted to verify that. Here's a listen to it. 9.49 now in Atlanta, 6.49 in Arizona, and a 2-2 to Perez. Yeah! Swing and a miss, and Randy 
Johnson, at 40 years young, has thrown a perfect game, the seventh <laughs> in National League history. Oh, look at his teammates out there mobbing him, Tommy. Oh, that is awesome. What a way to start a road trip, baby. <laughs> Doesn't get much better now, oh, does it? I've never seen that before. Yeah, so, I mean, just incredible. Obviously, Randy Johnson, nicknamed the big unit, he strikes this dude out. I can't tell who it is, but uh, the quality back then wasn't very good. Obviously, no HD, but he strikes this dude out on a 2-2 high and outside fastball. Um, uh, not so much outside, just a little bit up. Just blows him away. And we're talking, you know, this is the last batter. This is the 27th batter he's faced. He's probably, back then, there was, they don't care about pitch counts or, or elbow injuries or, you know, shoulder problems, anything like that. So he could have been at, like, pitch number 140, 120, 130. Like, nobody cared back then. And he still probably threw that thing, like, 90, 97 at least. Um, just blows him away. Just incredible. 40 years old. Uh, haven't seen uh, many perfect games of late. But a uh, lot of no-hitters nowadays with the um, launch angle and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, just incredible uh, stuff there. And then before I, I let you guys go, yeah, I'm getting a notification. I'm not too happy about this. Um, yeah, Mayor Bill de Blasio, I'm not a fan of his. He, the other day, was at his daily briefing, like, press conference, and he's eating French fries and a hamburger, and he's promoting that if you get a COVID vaccine, you'll get free hamburgers and fries. Um, that kind of nauseated me. And to make matters worse, he showed up to his daily briefing wearing a Nets jersey and Nets hat um, today. So, yeah, great. What, de Blasio's a Nets fan now? Joy. Um, I hope that's not a bad sign of things to come for my Brooklyn Nets. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to say, guys, this is great. 40-minute show or so. Uh, perfect. I wish everyone could be this breezy. Before you go, like I said, I've been out of the loop for a while. Really good show I just started watching on um, on Netflix. It's not a Netflix show. Netflix got probably got the right to it. It was from actually Crackle, which was owned by Sony. I think that one got bought up by somebody or no longer exists. But it's called Startup. Um, it's got three seasons. It was from 2016 to 2018. Adam Brody is in it. Uh, Ron Perlman's actually in the second end of the second season and third season now. Uh, no, I'm not in the third. Am I? I don't even. Yeah, I'm in the third season now. Uh, Ron Perlman's in it. Um, Adam Brody. If you know Adam Brody from the OC, I'm a big fan of his. It's a really good show about a tech startup, and then it has to do with like uh, drug syndicates and crime lords and, and all sorts of just uh, really cool stuff. Um, so it's got a little bit of everything. And then there's a movie that I'm planning on watching. If I could finish this show, Startup, I got like five episodes left. Once I finish that, I'm going to watch this new Angelina Jolie movie on um, on HBO Max called Those Who Wish Me Dead. If you don't know what it's about, go watch the trailer. It looks like a huge action-packed film. Um, I think it's in theaters and on HBO Max now for a limited time. Um, so that looks really good. And then um, I've got to say, there's a new snack that I've just been on a grind with. I love this stuff. It is South African, but don't be alarmed. It's called Biltong. It's basically just air-dried beef. It's kind of like beef jerky, um, but it's not as tough. And it, it comes pre-sliced if you buy the bags, 
prepackaged. Uh, I, I like the company called Strive. You might have seen their ads on, on Instagram, stuff like that. You could get some coupon codes if you, if you look up uh, you know, on, on the internet, you could find coupon codes, no problem, but they sell a whole slab of the actual biltong. So it's a big brick and you cut it yourself. This stuff's not easy to cut and you could slice it as thick or thin as you want. Um, and I just, you know, 20 bucks a slab. It's not, it's not cheap stuff, but it's pure protein. There's not too much, uh, there's like zero carbs, no sugars. It's just wonderful stuff. It's a nice pick me up, a nice snack. Um, like when I was out at softball, we're on the fields all day. I could just eat this in between or on the bus ride back or whatever. It's just absolutely great. Um, so I get no, you know, money for promoting the company or anything like that. And I'm not promoting specifically Strive because Kalahari snacks, um, they make some good stuff too. Their Cal- their beef chips are to die for out of this world. Um, and they also started just selling the slabs too, but that's for a limited time only. But yeah, any sort of biltong, it's friggin' phenomenal. Um, and I'm so glad that they brought it to the States because I, I enjoy the stuff tremendously and I'll probably have some tonight. I'll snack on some tonight, um, while I'm watching these games. So, uh, without further ado, guys, I hope you uh, enjoyed this episode. If you are unable to catch it before these games, um, that's all right because I do give you some, you know, some of my picks for tomorrow night's games as well, um, and uh, we'll go over next week how I how I see the uh, the rest of these playoffs shaking out. Didn't really talk much baseball or anything today. But this was more uh, centrally focused on the NBA because the playing tournament starts today. But that's gonna wrap this thing up. Hope you enjoy. I'm glad to be back finally. Uh, warm weather is always nice. It's been about high 80, uh, high seventies, low eighties lately. Maybe, you know, I have some free time this weekend. Maybe I could get out on the golf course or hoop it up a little bit. It's been a, it's been over a year since I've done that with the pandemic. They took all the baskets down, but, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I I always love the uh, warm weather as we, you know, gear towards the summer at this point, my birthday's on Friday. So exciting stuff coming up. All right, guys, uh, guys and gals and boys and girls, uh, I hope you enjoy. This is The Pody. You've been listening to episode 138 of This Week in Sports. I am signing off.